This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Science Notes, a programme on Otago Access Radio brought to you by the Science News and Promotion Group at the University of Otago. Join me, Dave McMorrin, as I chat with graduate science students. We'll find out about their research, why they do science at all, and what music they enjoy. Science Notes, Thursdays from 6.30 till 7pm, only on Otago Access Radio. Well, good evening and welcome to Science Notes again for another week. My name is Dave McMorrin and this week our guest is Pradesh. Welcome, Pradesh. Thank you, Dave. Thank um, you for having me. So we're having to do this by Zoom because New Zealand finds itself in um, a lockdown all of a sudden, which is a bit inconvenient, but there's, I suppose, more important things than our little radio show. So we're doing it by Zoom. So thank you for Zooming in to do this. Um, Pradesh is doing a PhD in computer science at Otago University. So we'll be talking a bit tonight about what he's been up to. And I suppose we should say before we go much further that, in fact, he's been a bit famous recently. Um, because he has recently won the uh, three-minute thesis competition at Otago University. So that's for the whole the whole university, wasn't it? Yes, so I've won for the whole university, and now I feel like I'm a celebrity. I mean, even if I walk in the streets, mm-hmm. for instance, uh, people do know me. I'm like from waving uh, mm-hmm. the paparazzis around. So it's like the fame and fortune. I'm just trying to figure out how to get navigate through this whole fame and fortune. So I just felt like I'm celebrity yeah. for a day. Obviously, I, I, I saw you in the paper and everything. <laughs> it must be must, must be a good sign if you're in the ODT. <laughs> Wonderful. So we'll talk a bit tonight about what you've been up to, but we'll start with a bit of music. So the first bit of music you want to play is? Um, I want to play Poi A. I hope my theory is, uh, my pronunciation is right. I think um, a lot of international students do not know that this is actually the unofficial uh, national anthem of New Zealand. I mean, it's a very catchy beat that really taps into into the whole um, the Maori language and it's it's really funky bit and I think this is one of the songs that uh, revived the whole Maori language movement sort of thing that uh, thing was back in the eighties and it's it's a really catchy song so I'm I'm really tuned when the first time when I came here and I heard this and like wow what is this so and then I started to 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 look at it and like this is just brilliant so I just want to share that with uh, my fellow listeners okay here we go. Thank you. 
Listen to Science Notes on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM, where this week we're talking to Pradesh, who's doing a PhD in computer science. So before we get into the nuts and bolts of what your research has been about, how is it that you've ended up in Dunedin, in lockdown, as it turns out, um, doing a PhD? Wow, okay. So um, it's it's a really interesting um, story, Dave. So um, prior to Coming down here to Otago, even to Dunedin, I've never even heard of Dunedin or even University of Otago. Um, I used to work back in Malaysia. I mean, I really enjoyed my nine to five job, except it's Asia, so we don't really work nine to five. We work to <laughs> from seven to ten, seven to nine. It's like we really work for long hours, um, sort of thing. Um, I was pretty much was to be honest, and I was. Kind of like depressive, was just like a rat's race, just getting in, clocking in, clocking off. So just imagine when I get to work, I don't see the sunrise. When I leave work, I don't get to see the sunset. So it's just dark in and just dark out sort of thing. So one day, um, so it's just like education expo fam, like, okay, Australia, New Zealand education expo fair. I did my undergraduate in Australia. So pretty much well-versed with um, Australian universities. And when I studied in Australia, obviously, you know, the rivalry between Australia and New Zealand, they'll go like, mate, we have everything here in Australia. Like, we make the best pavlova. Although I, I have to admit, um, New Zealand makes the best pavlova and it's coming from a Malaysian. So I'm pretty neutral at it. So I have to give <laughs> that to New Zealand. They really make the best pavlova. And... That was the first time that I saw, oh, okay, there are like five to six universities. And the only university that I've heard of is the University of Auckland. I've never even heard of Otago, West Dunedin. So then I started my PhD application because I said, let's just do it. YOLO. I mean, if I get in, I get in. If it's not, at least I've tried. So long story short, I managed to apply to University of Otago, sent a proposal to my current supervisor he was happy about it fast forward um july 2019 um i came here uh, with my family to to um to new zealand we toured a bit in um in up in auckland then we came down to dunedin and um Dave, just to give you context that um i'm from malaysia so anything below 25 degrees celsius is just 
freezing for us so it's why it was literally freezing and that was like the first time the body has to adapt to a temperature whereby there's only a single digit and we arrived during winter so it was pretty much an an eye opener for 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 me again because it's like hey it's winter again except it's way colder and dunedin's weather it's just it's just unpredictable. It can be very nice on one day, very not nice on the other day. But yes, so that's how I ended up here in this beautiful place, beautiful people, small town. So from a city dweller to someone who likes small town, I think Dunedin really changed the my perception of what a small town, what the whole constitutes as a community. But yeah, that's that's my story and that's how I ended up in the and in Otago. So was your background in computer science? Yes. So I did my undergraduate uh, in computer science in uh, Monash University. And uh, when I completed my undergraduate, um, I was working t- uh, in a telecommunications company right. uh, okay. in Malaysia. So I took up master's part-time while working because my dad said it's like instead of just working, just put this in and just do your master's. So I did my master's and I said it's like there's no way on earth I'm going to do PhD it's like there's no way on earth I'm interested in any research thing and Dave just to share with you when I was doing my undergraduate because it's it's Monash is an Australian university so we still have honors here and I said it's like who wants to do research honors it's time to head to the industry then yes I went to the industry did my master's and I said the same thing research nah it's like it's very fun making white uh, moolah from the industry and look at me now it's like i'm back doing research yay (laughs) so let's talk about your research then so um as i understand it a key part of what you're trying to do is to learn how to teach computers to understand language understand spoken language uh, that is the wider field of yeah. interest, but specifically, I'm more interested in some of uh, hard tasks for computers to understand. Like one of it, I would say, is sarcasm because sarcasm. Um, so today, the way how computers work is that you have like sentiment analysis that uh, basically that analyzes this sentiment of the sentence. Are they talking something? positively or are they talking something negatively but the problem with sarcasm is that let's say if you go to like trade me and someone rates like one star and said this is the best thing ever since the invention of toaster i liked it so much that even gordon ramsay recommends it because it's this phone is so hot that it can be used as a cooktop so for instance it sounds positive so if i run through like a sentiment analysis oh looks like someone is actually praising but sarcasm it's like you have like a positive sort of tone, but actually you mean otherwise. So this kind of task, it's pretty hard for computers to understand. And the reason why we need to look into such areas is that we have a bigger problem in hand right now. We, uh, with the growth of internet, we're seeing high number of cases of like cyberbullying, hate speech against minority. So the question right now is that can we actually improve these existing algorithms that's out there so that they can learn the nuances of sarcasm, like how humans uh, do understand to a certain extent, obviously, because sarcasm, it's very, very subjective and it varies from one person to another person even if they're from the same cultural background. So the question I have is that can we start improving the current 
hate speech detection, cyberbully de detection by incorporating um, sarcasm, like to detect sarcasm. Uh, particularly the target of sarcasm. So that's my area that I'm focused on. So given like a, a sarcastic sentence, can we extract out um, the target of sarcasm? So you could say it's like uh, he is good at cooking, just like Taylor Swift when it comes to relationship. Um, sorry, Taylor Swift fan. I'm a Taylor <laughs> Swift fan myself, but it's just an example. So please don't carry a pitchfork and hunt me down in Dunedin. I'm just a, a Swifty fan, just like um, you guys out there. So like, for instance, given the sentence um, earlier, so the target of sarcasm and making fun is uh, pronoun he, and at the same time, I'm making fun of, of uh, Taylor Swift. So can we extract this automatically? Because if we could extract this target automatically, we can actually use that to protect the victim. So example, cyber bullies, I mean, things have changed. Bullying used to stop when we leave school, but now bullies just bring it online and you have connected to the internet. So can we protect our tamariki or our children by having an early intervention so all of these like speeches of bullies or whatever gets hidden and at least uh, they don't feel overwhelmed or uh, i just don't want them to 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 really to suffer from what bullies tend to do i mean to rob from your dignity and every other thing so that's the whole big picture that i'm trying to solve <clears throat> obviously it's not fixing world hunger but just trying to make one small <laughs> tiny change yes. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time, all that sort of thing. Yep, one bite yep. at a time. <laughs> so then what is it that you – so how do you go about trying to teach your computer to – I mean, is it It seems to me it must be some sort of – something to do with context of of what's being said or is it the, just the language itself? Or what, It seems like quite a difficult problem. So what are you trying to do to, to do it? Okay, so basically our approach is that um, uh, we have like a couple of data sets because this was a new problem that was coined in 2019. So it was little work has been done on like this niche yeah. area. Sarcasm detection as a whole in computer science, there's been a lot of work that's been put into it. But extracting the target of sarcasm, it's still a new and novel area in this field. So how we plan to approach right uh, in our work is that um, this is very neural network comes into play. I mean, if you give heaps and heaps of data, it looks at patterns and then it looks at, okay, so which of the following, let's say, words could be the target of sarcasm. So in in my work, so what we did is that we got various different of um, data sets. So we got one from Reddit, we got one from Twitter and one from like book snippets because the language that's used on Reddit differs from Twitter and st the way of how books are written, let's say sarcastic, like uh, uh, Jane Austen's uh, books, for instance, you can do some of it, like she's being like sarcastic in it. Um, uh, like Pride and Prejudice, for instance, is like you can see the use of sarcasm, but it really differs from one medium to another yeah. medium. So we built a neural network, artificial intelligence, which then looks at the words, again, Computers do not see words as words. They see it as numbers. So it gets mapped to like a very high dimensional matrix. And um, because the way of how word embedding, I'm just sharing the way it's just a very high level thing just to share is that. Uh, so words that are close together will 
tend to appear in similar vector space. So for instance, if I say it's like a man, uh, sorry, if I say king plus woman, in computer knows it's queen because when you add these two points in the vector space, it knows that, okay, it's somewhere close to the queen. So that's how computers actually understand language. Of course, there are newer models, newer way, but I'm just giving you an oversimplified version to um, to the audience here. So we just feed in this whole data to the neural network, which looks at the positions of word, uh, looks at, okay, which, which word should it pay more attention to, which word has more importance so that it can try to infer should that be the particular word or should that be the particular target of sarcasm. But Dave, what we discovered is... Um, uh, is, is just amazing. Emissions are just as good as humans when it comes to detecting sarcasm. Mm. So, I mean, humans, we have a poor rate of detecting sarcasm. Um, like, for instance, like, even if I get two Kiwis and if, if I try to be sarcastic, one person gets it, the other person doesn't get it. So, even people from the same cultural context do not get it. So, yeah. if humans can't give annotated data properly, Machines also have a challenge on identifying what constitutes sarcasm. And, and like in mediums like Reddit, for instance, um, if I get like, um, like linguists or annotators and let's say, hey, can you please annotate this text or not? So, and there's sometimes there's some new words that's been coined in Reddit. So you need to get the background. And sometimes the best person to ask is that, to the authors who have actually posted the comment, hey, are you being sarcastic or not? But the problem is we may not know. And even if we ask them, that sort of like ruins the fun yeah. or it just takes away <clears throat> from that factor. I mean, we were not able to learn. So there is a huge, I mean, there's a problem. So we are just making baby steps, one step at a time. And to highlight, to say that sometimes research is not about making the next big thing. We are just highlighting out, hey, it's a difficult problem. And uh, moving forward, someone can pick it up, mm. can improve it. Yep. I mean, it, it, this is a case with a lot of science, isn't it? Is that part of the research involves properly understanding the problem. It doesn't necessarily involve coming up with a solution. You've got to understand the problem first. Yes. But I think right now what's the problem in science is that people really like to see talk, to talk about successes. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. it's all about is. successes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're not celebrating failures. I mean, mm. I mean, I mean, this is just to sidetrack the problem, which I've, I mean, I've been reading on like academic journals. It's, like, it's less people talk about failures. Hey, guys, we have tried X, Y, Z. Do not repeat yep. that. Do not waste yep. your time. Do something else. Yep. Yep. So um, that, that make, kind I, of thing helps. I'm a chemist and I entirely agree. When you read papers and they tell you how to make molecules, they never tell you all the stuff that didn't work. They only tell you what did. And it's not really very helpful because you go, well, why didn't you try that? We could try that. And you go, oh, hang on. It's because it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So how far through are you? Halfway through? Or oh, uh, I've been by final year and I have, oh, okay, so it's July. Uh, I still have 11 months. Okay, um, cool. To complete to hand it over my my thesis, so yeah. And so, what's what what was the is the goal of it at the end? Is the hope that it's all going to go wonderfully and you can flick off some bit of code to Facebook or someone and make a billion dollars, or is is you just <laughs> one? <laughs> 
the, 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 just to just to give you like a different context like i know like uh, like i know you have, you're from chemistry and like people from like uh uh from sciences division or even health sciences generally it's like okay so you do something you see can you get a pattern and can you get like a big pharma companies or big companies to pattern this but in computer science we we just believe in this a spirit of like open source so for instance like the work which i've um which i've done i've it, it has been peer-reviewed and i've already been uh i've published the source code so right. it's okay. free so anyone mm-hmm. can basically make it use it obviously no warranty so if one day if um your uh, stove gets on fire or if the software decides to steal your partner or decides to wet the floor I'm not responsible for it, but the source code is there, and then you can just um, um, have a look at it. So in computer science, generally, we just tend to release uh, a lot of things for free, like algorithms and everything, so that uh, people can adapt, use, and then build, uh, build it. And yeah. that's how <clears throat> the, uh, in computer science, uh, things work. Right. So really, the, the aim for you is to contribute to, an, uh, to a bigger conversation about how to solve this problem. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you got about a year to go, and then yeah, back to Malaysia, back uh, to the seven to eleven, or uh, to be honest, it's like I do not know, Dave. It's like um, uh, I've I've explored New Zealand a bit in South Island, still have a couple of places in to visit in North Island. I fell in love with Invercargill. It's like there's something about Invercargill, the nice farmland is like the uh, super awesome southern hospitality sorry the climate the climate obviously it's <laughs> a perfect climate hashtag sarcasm there um but it's it's i don't know something about farming life it's like i, I grew up in cities so now it's like oh wow so it's, it, it it looks fun so so you mean never know it's like i mean just work get some mula go to farm i've done a couple of roofs it's like just volunteering mm-hmm. who works is like where you work in farms yep. and and i sort of like it so so i may just explore doing that so so i just follow my dad's uh, mantra which is simple phd is like a passport so all my degrees are like a passport so if tomorrow if i want to jump back to seven to seven or nine to five sort of industry i can jump back but i think i just want to follow my passion of like going to farm but obviously that's my long-term goal short term get some vitamin m mula obviously and then i can start my cool. dream of being a modern day farmer yeah. who uses technology and ai so yeah so i'm interested in that excellent well we're pretty much out of time thank you very much pradesh for, uh, for zooming yeah, in as you. it were and talking about what you've been up to um all the thank best you. for the remainder of the um the phd and the writing and everything that was is to come um and we will finish with the second piece of music that you got which is uh which is sorry by vidya walk so it's it's a fusion of sorry from justin bieber and uh kandukodin kandukodin so it's 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 a very good song from ar raman so it, it's a tamil song so i just want to give a bit about myself so it's sure. like i really enjoy western music at the same time i'm still ingrained to my cultural roots so this song fuses two of my favorite songs into one so it's good so just just listen and um, you'll be amazed. Excellent. Well, thank you for that. And thank you everyone out there for listening. And um, we'll see you next time. Thanks, Eve.
thank you everyone for listening and I'll just remind you that you can listen to the show again next week at the same time and then at your leisure as a podcast from the Otago Access Radio website which is oar.org.nz Science Notes brought to you by the Science News and Promotion Group at the University of Otago This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.